0: Okay, let's talk about diarrhea. Oh shit, I'm still recording. Okay, seriousness. Diarrhea is an increased frequency of bowel movements, more than three per day, an increased amount of stool, more than 200 grams per day, and an altered consistency, so an increased liquidity of stool. Yum. Um, it's usually associated with urgency, perianal discomfort, incontinence, or a combination of these factors. Any condition that causes increased intestinal secretions, decreased mucosal absorption, or altered mortality can produce diarrhea. So, IBS, inflammatory bowel disease, and lactose intolerance are frequently the underlying disease processes that cause diarrhea. Can be acute or chronic. Acute is most often associated with infection and usually self limiting, lasting up to 7 to 14 days. Chronic persists for more than two to three weeks and may return sporadically. It can be caused by certain medications, including thyroid hormone replacements, stool softeners and laxative, prokinetic agents, antibiotics, chemotherapy. Antiarrhythmics, antihypertensives, magnesium-based antacids, certain tube-feeding formulas, metabolic and endocrine disorders, so diabetes, Addison's disease, and thyrotoxicosis, and viral or bacterial infectious processes such as dysentery, shigellosis, food poisoning, and Norwalk virus. Other disease processes associated with diarrhea include nutritional and malabsorptive desi- disorders such as celiac disease anal sphincter defect, Zollinger-Ellison syndrome, paralytic ileus, intestinal obstruction, and acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Table 381 on, I think it's page 1002 um, in the textbook, uh, just goes through selected laxative medications. So it goes through your classification of the medication, what they're called, your action, and your patient education. So I would just go through and read that. Um, it seems very good to have for our notes um c diff is most commonly identified agent and antibiotic associated diarrhea in the hospital um it is the most common healthcare associated infection in canada patho of diarrhea includes secretory osmotic malabsorptive infectious and extrudative. those are all the types of diarrhea secretory is usually high volume Often associated with bacterial toxins and neoplasms, it is caused by increased production and secretion of water and electrolytes by the intestinal mucosa into the intestinal lumen. Osmotic diarrhea occurs when water is pulled into the intestines by osmotic pressure of unabsorbed particles, slowing the reabsorption of water. It can be caused by lactase deficiency, pancreatic dysfunction, or intestinal hemorrhage. Malabsorptive diarrhea combines mechanical and biochemical actions, inhibiting effective absorption of nutrients manifested by markers of malnutrition that include hypoalbuminemia. Low serum albumin levels lead to intestinal mucosa, swelling, and liquid stool. Infectious diarrhea results from infectious agents invading the intestinal mucosa. C. diff is the most commonly identified agent in antibiotic-associated diarrhea in the hospital. Exudative diarrhea is caused by changes in mucosal integrity, so epithelial loss or tissue destruction by radiation or chemotherapy. Diarrhea may also be caused by laxative misuse. So your clinical manifestations, um, in addition to increased frequency and fluid content of stools, the patient usually has abdominal cramps, distension, intestinal rumbling, um, which is known as borborigmus, um, anorexia and thirst, painful spasmodic contractions of the anus and ineffective straining, also known as tenismus, may occur with defecation. um, other symptoms depend on the case and severity, cause and severity, sorry, of diarrhea, but are related to dehydration and to fluid and electrolyte imbalances. So watery stools are characteristic of disorders of the small bowel, whereas loose semi-solid stools are associated more often with disorders of the large bowel. Voluminous, greasy stools suggest intestinal malabsorption, and the presence of blood, mucus, and pus in stools suggests inflammatory enteritis or colitis. Oil drops on the toilet water are almost always diagnostic of pancreatic insufficiency. And nocturnal diarrhea may be a manifestation of diabetic neuropathy. Possibility of C. diff infection should be considered in all patients with unexplained diarrhea who are taking or have recently taken antibiotics. So your assessment and diagnostic findings. um, When the cause is not all obvious, um, the following diagnostic tests may be performed. So CBC, serum chemistries, urinalysis. Routine stool examination and stool examinations for infectious or parasitic organisms, bacterial toxins, blood, fat, electrolytes, and white blood cells. Endoscopy or barium enema may consist in identifying the cause. Complications include potential for cardiac dysrhythmias because of significant um, fluid and electrolyte loss, especially loss of potassium. Urinary output of less than 30 ml per hour for 2-3 to consecutive hours. Muscle weakness, paresthesia, hypotension, anorexia, and drowsiness with a potassium level of less than 3.5 equivalents or millimoles per liter uh, must be reported. Chronic diarrhea can also result in skin care issues related to irritant dermatitis, which can be prevented by cleansing with a wet wipe, drying the skin, and then applying barrier cream. Uh, Gerontologic considerations. Older patients may become dehydrated quickly and develop low potassium levels as a result of diarrhea. Um, Nurse observes for clinical manifestations of muscle weakness, dysrhythmias, or decreased peristaltic motility that may lead to paralytic ileus. Older patient taking digitalis, um, such as digoxin, uh, must be aware of how quickly dehydration and hypokalemia can occur with diarrhea. Nurse teaches patient to recognize symptoms of hypokalemia because low levels of potassium Potentiate the action of digitalis, leading to digitalis toxicity. Um, skin of the older person is also more sensitive to excoriation due to decreased turquoise and reduced subcutaneous fat layers. So gentle cleansing with a perineal cleansing solution, um, the wet wiping method, um, and the use of barrier cream or liquid skin sealant will prevent and or treat excoriation. Medical management. It's directed at controlling the symptoms, preventing complications, and eliminating or treating the underlying disease. So certain medications, such as antibiotics and anti-inflammatory agents and anti uh, may be used to reduce the severity of the diarrhea and treat the underlying di- disease. In most cases, loperamide is the medication of choice because it has fewer side effects than diphenoxylate. Recent research has discouraged use of antidiarrheal medications in favor of hydration, indicating inconclusive results and possible harmful effects from these drugs. Some research supports the use of probiotics. Um, nursing management includes assessing and monitoring characteristics of and pattern of diarrhea. Health history should be Um, Address patients' medication therapy, medical and surgical history, and dietary patterns and intake. Reports of recent exposure to acute illness or recent travel to another geographic area are important. Assessment includes abdominal auscultation and palpation for tenderness, inspection of the abdomen, mucous membranes, and skin. Um, It's important to determine the hydration status. Stool samples are obtained for testing. It is also necessary to assess the perianal area. Position patient either standing or bending forward on the exam table or lying on left side with left leg extended and right leg flexed in SIMS position. Um, Spread buttocks apart and have patient bear down, looking for anal lesions, hemorrhoids, warts, or rectal fissures. Uh, during an episode of acute diarrhea, the nurse encourages bed rest and intake of liquids and foods low in bulk until the acute attack subsides. When patient able to tolerate food intake, nurse recommends a bland diet of semi-solid and solid foods. Patient should avoid caffeine, carbonated beverages, and very hot and very cold foods because they stimulate intestinal motility. Uh, it may be necessary to restrict milk products, fat, whole grain products, fresh fruits, and vegetables for several days. Nurse administers antidiarrheal medications such as diphenoxylate or loperamide as prescribed. IV fluid therapy may be necessary for rapid rehydration in some patients, especially in older patients and patients with pre existing GI conditions. It is important to monitor serum electrolyte levels closely. The nurse immediately reports evidence of dysrhythmias or a change in patients' level of consciousness. Perianal area may become excoriated because diarrheal stool contains digestive enzymes that can irritate the skin. Patients should follow perianal skincare routine to decrease irritation and expiration. The skin of an older person is very sensitive because of decreased turgor and reduced subcutaneous fat layers. Okay, this is gastrointestinal dysfunction. So it's going to overview the system structure and function, and then we're going to talk about pediatric differences related to the GI system. And that's it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm good. Um GI system has a multitude of important functions. System includes all the structures from the mouth to the anus. Major functions are to break down and digest food so the nutrients may be absorbed through the digestive tract and waste products may be eliminated. During fetal development, the GI system begins to form during the fourth week of the embryonic stage, starting with the mouth and anal tube. GI tract becomes more mature in the last few weeks of development. Congenital anomalies of the GI tract can be present at birth or shortly after birth. So the pediatric differences related to the GI system. Mouth is highly vascular and is a common portal for infection. Infants and young children are at a higher risk of contracting infectious agents via the oral route because they put objects in their mouth when exploring their environment. The esophagus connects the mouth and stomach and allows for the passage of food. Lower esophageal sphincter prevents regurgitation of the stomach's contents into the esophagus and mouth. The lower esophageal sphincter muscle tone is not fully developed until one month of age, so infants tend to regurgitate after feedings. Usually, the regurgitation vanishes vanishes after one year of age. Child's stomach capacity increases with age. The newborn has a capacity of 10 to 20 mils, and two-month-olds have a 200 mil capacity although many cannot tolerate that amount of volume per feeding. adolescence capacity increases to 1,500 mils. By six months of age, the level of hydrochloric acid and gastric contents to aid in digestion is equal to that of adults. A full-term newborn has approximately half the GI length of an adult. Intestinal growth spurts occur between 1 and 3 years for young children and 15 and 16 years for adolescents. With regard to the biliary system, the liver is relatively large in the newborn. The pancreatic enzymes develop at different times postnatally and reach adult levels by 2 years of age. Okay, so the clinical manifestations of GI dysfunction in children include growth failure, so weight consistently below the third percentile, BMI index, sorry, BMI below the fifth percentile or a decrease from established growth pattern, spinning up or regurgitation, vomiting, projectile vomiting, nausea, constipation, encoparesis, so involuntary overflow of incontinence stool causing swelling or incontinence secondary to fecal retention or impaction, Diarrhea, hypoactive, hyperactive, or absent bowel sounds, abdominal distension, abdominal pain, GI bleeding. Um, so hematemesis, so vomiting of bright red or denatured blood. Hematochezia, so passage of bright red blood per rectum, usually indicating lower GI tract bleeding. And melana, so passage of dark colored tarry stools resulting from denatured blood, suggesting upper GI tract bleeding or bleeding from the right colon. Jaundice, um, dysphagia, dysfunctional swallowing, and fever. I am not doing the pharmacology readings because I there's a table on D2L that has all of the drugs we need to know and their actions and whatnot, so you can go look at that because it would be beneficial, I think, to look at it. And also, I'm too lazy to read the pharmacology reading, so I'm really sorry, but that's just how it's going to go. Um, yeah.